Okay, we're going to do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome. 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 Let's see if this goes through. And it looks like we're live. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger. Thanks for being here for this live stream where we talk about fish, the aquarium hobby, raising fish, keeping fish, breeding fish, shipping fish, building fish rooms, and other weird stuff that only fish hobbyists would even care to consider. Thanks for being here. Glad you all made it. We're at 28. Let's see where we can go from here. I'm thrilled that Candy Overhauls could be here with us. Thanks for being here, Candy. Um, as well as Lumpy Dog and Kaler's Aquatics. Thanks for being the mods tonight. I doubt that Pam will be able to make it 54 punchy. She's probably working tonight. She generally is working at this time. Every now and then we get lucky. Sorry, my lips are a little dry. Um, and she can join us, but probably not tonight. But I did want to mention before we kicked off here, a couple fundraisers um, for folks in our community that can use some help. There's been some medical issues going on. Uh, one of them is for 54 Punchy. Uh, Candy Overholes, if you wouldn't mind linking up the fundraiser to help 54 Punchy out. Um, she went under a medical procedure here a little while back. There's a lot of expenses um, and, you know, it takes a lot to take care of the animals while she's recovering and she could use our help. Um, she's missing income from when she couldn't go to work due to her procedure and money's just really tight. So if we could help Pam out, that would be awesome. Looks like a couple of folks have listed it there. Thanks, Candy and Bob. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Lumpy Dog, 3,232 watching. Oh, wait, my vision is blurry. <laughs> Felt like Corey there for a second. Um, <laughs> then the second person that I'd like to bring to your attention that could use our help is um, Amp Aquatics, Amber Purvis. Um, if you go to the Get Gills Facebook page here, there's a link to her fundraiser here. Amber is a delightful young woman and the main moderator at the Get Gills uh, Facebook site. And she's been diagnosed with cervical cancer and is going to have to undergo some treatments that are going to be very expensive. So, um, you know, I know money's tight for a lot of us. I definitely wish I could do more. I think we're all in that boat. But anyone that can help, these are two people that give a lot to our community and if at all possible, let's give back a bit and help them out. And if money isn't something we can do, then let's share their uh, campaign. Let's try to bring awareness to their situation. Even if we can't ourselves give money, perhaps we can spread the word and just help them out a bit. So um, I'll cut it off there because I don't want this to become a, a big, you know, <laughs> commercial or anything like that. But, you know, we want to get to talking fish. That's why we're here. But that bears mentioning. There are folks in our community that do a lot for us and don't ask for anything in return, but could could use our help. So just wanted to mention that. 47 watching. Awesome. Um, also wanted to mention, I'll be giving a talk at the Grand Valley Aquarium Club. Here's the information on their website. Um, it's here. It's Saturday, May 11th. I'll be in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, giving a talk about killifish and geeking out with a bunch of fish geeks over there. So if you're in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area or can get there easily, I would love to meet you. I would love it if you could come. Uh, we can go to the meeting and have fun and then maybe chill a little bit and hang out and get to know each other. That would be fantastic to meet some of you folks in person. So 
Um, anyone that's over in that neck of the woods, if you can make it to that meeting, I sure would love to have you there. So that's kind of the, uh, I don't know, the commercials <laughs> for the day, if you will. But um, we'll get to, to fish here and, and get on that train. For those that are new, the last bit of business before we start talking about fish is um, if you have a question or comment for me, I'm, I'm happy to indulge and discuss your comments and questions and, and you know help you out or just have a good time. And the way for me to see your question or comment is if you make it at Dan's Fish, so it highlights for me, then I'll jump right to it and I'll answer your question or respond to your comment. And well, more fun that way. If I'm ignoring you, it's not on purpose. It's because it's not highlighting for me. Or sometimes chat just jumps on me and <laughs> I lose everything. In which case, just feel free to post it again. And if I'm just not seeing it and you've posted it two or three times, then if you could call a mod's attention to it, they'll, they'll highlight it for me. There are some devices that that highlight function doesn't work well on, and I, I get that. Um, so the thumbnail for this week was uh, where's the fish? And that's because I worked my little hiney off on Saturday and Sunday to get all the fish ready for shipping. Woke up early Monday morning, got everything all packed and ready to go so that uh, I could get to the airport um, around noon, 1230-ish Monday to pick up the shipment. And I checked my email and I had a message from my supplier that says, I don't know what happened, but none of your fish came. So Basically, this entire week's order was shorted. And it's too bad because there were a few species there I was so looking forward to and are not available this week. There was um, a species of hillstream loach, but it's not the super flat, like stingray looking, mini stingray looking one, like the gastromyzon or pseudogastromyzon or Sewilia lineolata, like the, um, the common hillstream loaches. Borneo suckers. This is one that's the same environment, but it's less flattened. It's It looks more like a regular loach. It's kind of a cross between what we think of as a hillstream loach and a regular loach. And um, I was really looking forward to getting it. I've been trying to get it for a long time, and I was hoping this week would be the week, but that is not the case. So the entire order... <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> thousands of fish that I was expecting just did not materialize. So that gave me Monday to clean up the fish room, which I guess is a bonus. That's always good. So yeah. Oh, 54 Punchy made it. Hey, Pam, glad you made it. Um, Pam, we did a shout out for uh, your fundraiser to try to help you out with your medical expenses. So hopefully you'll see some help coming in from that. Uh, that being said, most people in this community have already probably heard about uh, Pam's situation and Amber's situation, but uh, we're doing our best to help you all out. Um, the good news is that the chocolate gouramis that had come down with Ick and the um, Boraris, which one do I have? Macrothalmus, I think, is the one that I have. Um, they're all cured and doing fine. And I don't know why this happens. I don't know if this happens to you too, but every now and then I'll have a fish and I'll have it for months like the chocolate garamis and the bararis, everything will be fine. And one day I'll look and, hey, there's a sick fish. Nothing changed that I'm, I mean, something changed, but I don't know what. I'm feeding them the same, temperature is the same. Um, everything I can think of is the same, but suddenly, hey, they're sick. 
and or there's a few spots of ick or something. Luckily, I caught it early and was able to treat it. Um, and it's been about a week now since they've been totally clear and doing fine. So I'm about to list those for sale again. I took them off as soon as I saw the ick. The samurai garamis are still doing great, but the chocolate garamis got a little bit of ick on them. So I don't know why that happens. I have noticed, though, that it tends to happen more at the change of seasons. So in the late fall to winter, right when things are starting to freeze up and stuff, and then in the spring when stuff's starting to warm up, I kind of notice it tends to be anecdotally um, seems to happen more around those times. So I don't know if the water supply changes or there's shifts or they flush water supplies or something around that time and, and something happens that causes stress to the fish. Or maybe there's a slight variation of temperature in the fish room uh, around those times. I'm not sure. But anyway, the good news is they're all okay now. So that's a relief because chocolate garamis are not something that... Um, <laughs> that I want to lose. They're an amazing little fish, as are the Bararis. And the, the sucky thing is I had to cancel orders. I had a few hundred dollars of orders for those fish. And um, after I got the orders, I noticed the problem. And so I had to contact everyone and be like, I don't know how to say this, but um, I can't send them to you because they're sick. So that's never fun. But it's better than sending sick fish and being like, oh, they didn't have ick when I sent them. I don't know what happened, right? So it's, it's the good thing to do. So anyway, let me get to your questions and stuff. I'm looking for highlighted things. Um, by the way, Dan Slee, thanks for the comment up at the top there. You win the best stream thumbnails hands. I'm sorry, I can't read. You win the best stream thumbnails award hands down. Well, thanks, Dan Slee. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy them. <laughs> I, I might get a little more creative with them, but I'm glad you enjoy them. TM Aquatics, hello. Hi to Real. Carbon Really, folks that have highlighted me. Everyone else, hi as well. Um, 63 watching. Booyah, that's good for us. I mean, I'm no Corey or king of DIY, but 63 makes me happy. Bob Kaler, good evening at Dan's Fishing, everyone. Well, good evening, Bob. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Appreciate your help and everything you do. Um, and here we go. 44 Mag Guy One. Welcome back. Glad you joined us again. Hey, dude, got some guppies in my tank, though I have had four guppies die. Ooh, but I think that's due to stress and maybe some internal parasites. Um, Mad guy, are these guppies you got for me that are dying on you? Or are these guppies that you've had for a long time and they just started dying? Or are they new guppies you got recently from somewhere else and they started dying? Um, there's many, many reasons guppies die. Um, oh, I just saw a little super chat. I'll, I'll finish this up though and then, and then I'll get to that, uh, the fish tank barn, thank you. Um, they are less hardy than they used to be. Guppies are raised these days in uh, very warm temperatures, kind of like we did with discus. And so they're used to being pampered. So if they're fresh imports or something like that, then it does take some real work to get them healthy before, before they stabilize. Um, if they have internal parasites, you'll see kind of the white stringy poop. That can be internal parasites. That can also be a, in a, a bacterial infection in the gut. It's not always parasites. So if you try parasite medicine and it doesn't go away, then try something that will, an antibiotic that will get inside the fish, like canamycin. 
and an antibiotic that will actually penetrate the gills and not just fix external stuff. A lot of the antibiotics will just stay on the outside of the fish, but canamycin will go into their system and help you out. Um, so the obvious like white stringy poop, which is basically fish diarrhea, it, it doesn't mean they have parasites. It means they have an irritated gut. So it might be parasites or it might be something else, just like it is with you and me. <laughs> Let's talk about diarrhea, um, right? So um, if the parasite medicine doesn't work, try an antibiotic. It could be something else going on. Um, the other thing is there are an parasites that have been really resistant to uh, levamisol and prazi and metro. And they result in really pinched bellies. You'll often see it in killifish. You'll often see it in live bears, just a guppy that has a really pinched belly or that is, is really pinched up and tries to eat, but then spits it back out like they can't get it into their system. I found that flubendazole works really well in that situation. So just a couple thoughts on um, some things that might be going on. But if those happen to be guppies you got from me and they're doing poorly, um, would you let me know? Because I would like to know that. Um, so far, all the guppies I've sold have been pretty much rock solid, I think. But I, if, if they're not, let me know so I can fix some things. Um, all right. Madfish Diva. Hey, glad you made it here, Madfish Diva. It's been fun emailing with you. Kaylee's Aquatics, as an at Dan for Dan to see your question. Yes, that's how you highlight it. Thank you, Bob, so much. Hey, we got king and queen cichlids here. Great to see you. And Daryl Deemer and some other folks. Cichlids 23, Fancy Teleaquatics, Mr. Bees, lots of folks. Uh, Tampa Tom, hey, glad you made it. Anyway, I'm not going to shout everyone out because then I'll miss some folks and make them feel bad. But it's good to see some names that we haven't seen for a while. That's awesome. 66 watching. Oh, yeah. Skipper's Aquariums. Hey, Dan. I made it this week. Yes, you did. Welcome. I'm Glad that I think last week in the in the comments you said that uh, I believe your wife was ill or in the hospital or something. I hope everything's better. Um, and since you left it in the public comment, I assume it's okay to say it. And normally I wouldn't say something like that, but you said it in public, so I'm, I'm assuming that's okay. But uh, wishing you and your wife the best. Hope everything's okay there and every, everyone's recovering. Crown Tail Half Moon has a question that um, I'm wondering as well. Hey guys, anyone use potassium permanganate for discus fry? Um, I would like to know that, but also just potassium permanganate in general. Does anyone here use it? I've kind of avoided it because of that, you know, purple stain, I, I, which I don't want to get everywhere. But I, but I keep, it, as I research disease and medications and stuff, it keeps popping up. So I'm just curious if anyone here uses it, what you use it for, have you found it to be effective? And if so, like, how do you use it? So just kind of those basic things. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a it's a medication slash sterilizer that I don't have a lot of experience with, but I would, I'm kind of curious about. Oh, excuse me. All right. That is a lot of vodka. <laughs> no. Real stinks. Oh, wait. Sorry, real. I'll get right to you. Fancy Tell Aquatics. 
Dan's Fish, I wanted everyone to know I learned how to ship from one of your videos two years ago. I'm glad and was scared to. It really worked out last 200 plus shipments. I'm so glad, Fancy Till. I'm glad that the method works for you. I'm always learning and tweaking and getting better at it myself. Uh, little things that I learn as I, I mean, you never know at all, but I'm so glad that video helped and 200 plus shipments in the last two years, you got a real business going. Yeah, come sell a bunch of stuff on getgills.com with me. Help me out here. <laughs> For those that don't know, I run a website called getgills.com where you, yes, you can list your fish and uh, other aquarium supplies for sale. It's kind of a crowd sourced uh, marketplace where anyone can buy or sell fish stuff. Um, on that note about shipping, I, I had a question the other day about this and I tried to explain it um, and I'm not sure I did a good job. So real quick, I wanted to show this. So this is a six inch by 14 inch high, whoop, uh, four mil plastic bag that I use for shipping larger fish like angelfish and um, geophagus wine miller eye and some of the stuff that is really expensive, like the sword tails, the uh, red-eyed red cauliflower hyphen sword tails, stuff like that. And I was trying to explain about how to crimp the corners on these things and I wasn't doing a good job. You could do it where you just seal Oops, sorry, trying to find the camera here. You seal across here and here, but there's another way to do it, and this really works well for quarries, where you do it like this. See that? Instead of going across this way, you fold it down and do it across the bottom like this. And what that does when it's full of water is it gives more kind of like a big footprint on the ground. So now it's like a couple inches wide by about four inches. And that just gives the fish um, some more space so they can turn around. They don't, um... oh man, I feel bad. The fish tank barn. I've got to find your super chat. I'll finish this and then I'll, I won't forget this time. Sorry, I never, I never read that. Um, but they can turn around. They aren't quite so pancake kind of sandwiched in the bag. And at first I bought these, which are gusseted bags, kind of like a sandwich bag really. But the problem I ran into with these is twofold. So it's, it's basically the same size bag, it's just gusseted. So here's the non-gusseted one, here's the gusseted one. Oh, it's a, it's, this one's a little bigger, I guess. Um, but the problem I ran into is that this right here is only two layers thick, whereas these edges, because they're gusseted, they're kind of pleated like this, is four layers thick. So when they seal them, they don't seal evenly and you often get a leak kind of right here between the two layer and four layer bits. Um, so they would leak on me a little bit. And then the other problem I had is that when you fill it with water, it leaves these pleats inside where the fish can get in and get trapped, get, get squished, which is what we're trying to avoid. What I found though is if you do it like this and just fold the bag over and, and seal it this way, in this way, kind of dog ear it a little bit so that the extra is on the outside and not on the inside of the bag. It works really, really well. It gives the fish a nice flat bottom to be on. Corridors, especially large corridors, really, really appreciate that. So just something that I've uh, been doing for a little while and I don't think really ever made a video of that I thought could help people trying to ship fish. 
So Fancy Tail Aquatics, that makes my day. I'm glad to hear that. Shipping fish is something I'm passionate about. That's weird, I know, but I am because I think it's very important to our hobby and I think we generally do a really poor kind of crappy job of doing it. So um, I'm glad that that's working. Okay, the Fish Tank Barn Super Chat. Finally gonna read it. Sorry, I got distracted. Grand Rapids Fund. Hey, thanks. Five bucks. You'll have to hit Yesterdog and Grand Rapids. I will have to try to make out that way now on May 11th. Well, good. I hope you do make it out and I'd, I'd love to see you in person. And Yesterdog. All right. I'll have to look at what that is. I'm going to make a note. Restaurant, I'm guessing. Yesterdog. I'll check it out. No idea what a Yesterdog is, but... I'll find out. <laughs> 70 watching. All right. We climbed up by like two or three. Um, if you haven't done so and you like this kind of stuff and you wouldn't mind sharing and liking and subbing and hitting the notification bell and all that schmaz that us YouTubers are always begging you to do, I know it gets annoying. But anyway, that's the only time I'll mention it. Now's the time. A <laughs> um, couple other super chats rolled in. Thanks, everybody, for the super chats. Always appreciated, never required, but always appreciated and make my wife super happy. Um, let's see here. Hang on. Ken's Fish, $9.99. Thanks, because you are the man, lol. Well, thanks. Right back at you, Kent. I appreciate that. Oh, Kent's with a T, not Ken's Fish, like the store. <laughs> Sorry. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, because I was, you know, I was wondering about that. <laughs> I am in theater. <laughs> Chef Hannibal, $9.99. Hey, Adam's Fish, another successful order from you at Get Gills. Awesome. 100% survival rate. Awesome. Love the half beaks. I know. Thanks again. The half beaks. Guys, if you get a chance to keep half beaks once in your life, do it. There's nothing quite like them. They're just the most unique little fish. And I love the little platinum half beaks because they... Wow. They seriously look like platinum alligator gars in miniature. I mean, kind. Of, I mean, they don't have the, the teeth quite so much, and they're a little different. But um, I've always seen those pictures of the big old platinum alligator gars and been like, that's an awesome fish. I would never keep it. I don't know what I would do with a nine or twelve foot fish or whatever. But um, those little platinum al uh, half beaks are awesome. So I'm glad you like them, and I hope that they do well for you. Yeah. By the way, I've gotten really good at sexing those. So I used to not guarantee the sex on them just because I didn't want to guarantee it and then sex them wrong because they're a little different than your typical live bear in sexing. But now I can glance at them and I know right away. So anyone that wants specific sexes, that's not a problem. I can send you pairs, guaranteed pairs, really easily. Real stinks. Are you getting any more wild Peru angels? Fell in love with them. Um... I might real. I like them too. They're, they're just awesome. I, you know, there's something about that unaltered natural shin, <laughs> shin fate. <laughs> fin shape is what I was trying to say. And uh, body shape and stuff and the pattern that is just beautiful. And I like the domestic strains too. I mean, I like platinums and I have green giants and koi's and all that stuff. But if you look at these, um, the finage and the body shape is kind of funky. Like, you know, most domesticated angelfish, we breed so much for color that we often ignore a lot of the other things that make a fish beautiful. 
And so, yeah, I like those wilds too for that reason. Amp Aquatics at Dan's Fish. It didn't highlight, but I see it anyway, so cool. Those turquoise guppies are dropping babies for me already. Awesome. Must be something in the South Florida water. Well, yeah, they love Florida. It's warm and the water's hard, so the guppies like in heaven. But I'm glad they're doing well for you. Uh, mine are dropping a lot of babies too. The turquoise guppies and the, um, oh, what were the, the cobra endlers? I've got a couple hundred babies in, in that cobra endlers tank. They're doing great. Um, so glad to hear yours are doing well. And I know you have a ton of tequila sunrise guppies. If anyone wants tequila sunrise guppies, Amp Aquatics is overrun with them. You can buy them at her store on getgills.com. Um, but that's good to hear. Aren't they pretty? I mean, that turquoise guppy strain, to me, that's a really nice, nice, clean strain, which is great. Um, all right, cool. All righty. I know I missed some here, so I'm going to scroll up and um, find them. Actually, no, that'll, that'll get boring and take too much time. If I missed your question or comment, if you would repost it, um, so it highlights, I'll, I'll get right to it. Or if I keep missing it, then call it to a mod's attention and, and they'll highlight it for me. Um, that's probably because it's not highlighting for some reason. Um, so I wanted to respond to a couple questions I've got, um, or I keep getting, and I finally wrote them down so I could bring them up here to maybe uh, just get the information out there. The first one is about um, the the fish I sell at dancefish.com or, or getgills.com, um, not all of them are listed as sexed and people ask me all the time if they can get, you know, is it okay to get pairs or sex ratios that are specific to what the buyer wants, all that. And all I can say is that if they aren't listed as pairs or as a specific sex, then send me an email, dan at dancefish.com and just let me know the sex ratio you want. And if I have it, um, then I'll respond and be like, yeah, I can totally do that. And if I don't have it or if I can't sex the fish, then then I'll let you know that I can't. But please, please always feel free to ask me. Um, anytime I can do that, I will. I can do it with the vast majority of my fish. But there are some that I'm not as confident with. And, and I'll just be upfront with you about that. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, this is a question I get all the time is about breather bags. Um, people want to know, is it okay to ship with breather bags? And in my opinion, yes, it totally is. You can ship with breather bags. I've received lots of healthy fish in breather bags. I've, I used to use them quite a bit and I, I've mailed lots of healthy fish in breather bags. The reason I stopped using them is nothing to do with them not working or anything. They work great. There's a couple things you need to know though. The first one, and this is the reason I stopped using them, is that you it's very difficult to double bag them. So most carriers of packages require that if you have water in the box that you're sending, as per their regulations, their rules, their policies, that it have a double layer. So if it's a bag of fish, it needs to have two bags on it. If it's a snow globe, then that needs to be in a bag. If it's like, a, I don't know, liquid vitamin, that needs to be in a bag. So they want redundancy so that if one package has a problem, 
there's some redundancy. And you supposedly can double bag breather bags. The procedure, as I understand it, is that you get your breather bag and you get it all sealed up with the fish in it. And no air, by the way, those that are new to the breather bags, you might be tempted to put some air in there. Don't. <laughs> Don't do that. That's, that's a big problem. No air, just water in the bag with the fish, right? Then supposedly, if you wrap that in a, in a layer of paper towel or newspaper and get it damp, then you can put a second breather bag on that. It needs to be flushed next to that wet paper. And then supposedly, the air transfer can go between both bags. Now, I say supposedly because that's how I understand it. I was never real comfortable with it. So I always sent the breather bags just without redundancy, just one bag, not double bagged. And um, there was every now and then a little leakage and stuff like that. And that's why I stopped using them. I was just afraid that they would leak. One day a bag would pop and there would be a big mess and a big problem. And I don't know, even though you're supposedly able to double bag them, I think according to the way I explained, I was never real confident with it. So that's why I stopped using them. That doesn't mean you can't use them. Lots of people do, but that's why I stopped using them. The other thing about them, oh, what was it? There was something else. Oh, I forgot. My train of thought went elsewhere, but there was, there's a couple other things with them as well. Um, that being said, they are the standard for shipping like killifish and things like that, because killifish don't take a lot of water and you can fit a whole bunch of killifish. Like if you go to a killifish show and you want to take them home in your suitcase or whatever, you can fit a whole lot in there in breather bags. So they're very compact, which is nice. So, um, yes, I absolutely think you can use them, but those are the, that's the main reason I stopped is just cause, um, I couldn't double bag them well, or I wasn't confident with the double bagging of them, I guess is the way to say it. Um, all right, here's another one. Oh, we got a super chat. Kayla's Aquatics. Pam joined us earlier, left, and she's back again. All right, hey, Bob, thanks so much for the super chat. And Pam, you're like the gopher. You pop up and down and pop up. It's like whack-a-mole. <laughs> Come on in, stick around for a while. <laughs> anyway, glad you're here, Pam. Welcome back. Let's see here. Okay, here we go. I'm catching up on the chat here. Just a second. Hang on. Finding where we are. <laughs> oh, the chat. How it jumps on me. Totally jumped all over the place. Well, let's hope this is where we are. 44 Mag Guy. No, these are from Walmart. Um... Hang on, my chat's not letting me scroll up all the way, which is really strange. It always does. 78 watching. Hey, welcome. Um, sorry, everybody. Just give me half a second to make sure that I'm not skipping anyone in the chat. The pop-out chat stopped scrolling for some weird reason. And here we go. Hang on. Okay, we're close. We're real close. Almost there. Sorry. Nope, it won't let me go all the way up. So if I don't respond to your chat, it's just because for some weird reason, chat's not letting me scroll all the way back up and it skipped on me. 
So um, if I'm missing you, just repost your question or comment, please. 44 Mad Guy one no, these are from Walmart. The guppies, okay, cool. So the guppies are not from me that we're getting sick. That's good to hear. They're from Walmart. Um, well, yeah, so I would do what I talked about earlier. Try parasites. If that doesn't work, try some kind of uh, antibiotic that'll get into their system and see if that doesn't help. Mob guppy, hey, welcome. Glad to see you. Good, good that you're here. Okay. Kayla's Aquatics. Pam, not sure you've seen you yet. Yeah, I saw Pam briefly at the beginning. Um, hi, welcome back. Glad you're here. All that. <laughs> Hydro Guy Aquatics. What fish were you supposed to get in your shipment that you didn't get today? Um, well, if you give me half a check, I will show you or tell you. Um, this is just going to take half a minute. And then I can tell you what I um, am getting in what I ordered for this coming week. But here we go. Um, hang on, I'm bringing it up. It takes me a second. So those were gonna arrive, what was that? The 15th, right? Yeah, two days ago, 4.15. Let me find that for you. 4.15, there we go. Okay, so here is what was going to come in. Uh, Geophagus wine milleri, the green lizard fish, which is that kind of hill stream loach that I was telling you about. Rosy loaches, which I've been trying to get forever, and finally there were some available. Rainbow gobies, which are a stiffodon species, and I don't know which one. At least I assume that's what they are. Um, some more fricata rainbows, because they're selling like hotcakes and I can't keep them in stock. Peppermint garamis, which are a uh, type of garami that's developed into a predator. And they have this massive mouth that when, when they extend it, becomes like half the size of their body. And, um, and they're really pretty and unique. Some uh, Milky Way woodcats and some white spotted pike cichlids is what I was looking at. Um, let me show you what I'm hoping to get in on Monday. Here are the things. So here's a picture of those peppermint garamis. I've, uh, peppermint pike garamis. I've ordered some more. They're really cool fish. I saw them at Rich Byerly's in his fish room and they're amazing in person. So I'm trying to get some in. Rosy loaches are available again. So I've ordered a few hundred of those. I like that they're small and peaceful and kind of community-ish. So try and get some of those in. Some more clown killifish, epiplates or pseudepiplates annulatus. Celebes rainbows, just because I don't have any. And they're a cool little rainbow fish. And some are available. Or blue eye, I suppose. Or really a silver side, actually, I think. I don't think they're actually a blue eye or a rainbow fish, but they're so similar that we just call them that. Um, trying, trying, trying to get some chili rasboras in. Uh, there's something on the list called a mosquito rasbora, and I think it's going to be a chili rasbora. Oh, I hope so. I keep trying and I keep getting sent everything else. Like they'll send me everything else. So I'm trying again. Some really neat bitterlings, which I love bitterlings. Some natives. These are rainbow dace, which are beautiful little native fish and some rainbow shiners. 
Um, I've had rainbow shiners in the past and they are every bit as beautiful as this. In fact, these pictures don't do them justice. They are amazing, amazing, beautiful fish. Um, and some honeycomb catfish. And there's something else that I was missing um, on the list, but I have forgotten what it was. So that's what we are looking at for this coming Monday. And hopefully it comes this time. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So Hydro Guy Aquatics, that's kind of the lowdown on what's going on there. The Fish Tank Barn, if that mug has vodka, this stream could get really entertaining. It would get really slow and slurry. Like, yeah, it, that's what it would, it would be boring, man. So slow, such slurred speech. Like, I don't have crisp S's as it is. Like, I've got, I don't know, quasi-lisp kind of S's. So... Imagine that 50 fold, no fun. 76 watching. Well, that's good for this little channel. Thanks for being here, everybody. I appreciate it. Bathy Phila, how critical is it to use bottled oxygen when shipping? At what point do you see benefits over just using atmospheric air? So um, it is not critical. For most of my fish keeping career, I've been doing this since the early nineties when I was in junior high. Um, I've been shipping fish with just atmospheric air. It wasn't until about 2011 that I got oxygen set up and have been shipping with oxygen. So not a ton of difference. The difference for me is just peace of mind, I guess. But the real difference is I feel like when I'm using pure oxygen, I can put more water in the bag. And what that allows me to do, especially when it's really cold, or really hot is put more water volume in the box, you know, in the bag and then put that in the box and pack all the fish in there. That makes it so that the temperature in the box is slower to fluctuate. So if I have more water in the box, which is bad because it makes it heavier, which makes it more expensive, but is good because it makes the temperature in the box a little more stable, a little more constant. So that's the main benefit, I think. Um, I've shipped with just atmospheric air, had fish in the mail a week that still made it without any problem. Same with uh, pure oxygen. So I think that fish do fine both ways. If you're using atmospheric air though, you only want about 25, maybe to a third of the bag with water and the rest needs to be air because you need a high, um, atmospheric oxygen content uh, to keep that water well oxygenated. So basically you keep the fish wet and then the rest of the bag is, is water, or I'm sorry, is air. Whereas with pure oxygen, you can fill the bag halfway with water without any problem. And that, again, just makes things a little more stable. So Bathyphila, I think that that's the main difference. Um, if someone else here can think of other differences or reasons to use one or, or over the other, please chime in so we can get Bathy Phyllis some more opinions. But that's that's my opinion, Bathy Phyllis. All right. I made it to Chef Hannibal's um, 999 Super Chat. If you're all wondering how far behind I am in the chat, that's where I'm at. <laughs> TM Aquatics. Hey, good to see you, buddy. I've used uh, PP, potassium permanganate, right? the purple stuff, 
with my discus and treatment of gill flukes, effective but dangerous if not used correctly. It's a potent oxidizer, so exercise caution when using. Okay, good to know, TM. Um, so an oxidizer, so like hydrogen peroxide, it basically tears molecules apart <laughs> is how it works, which, yeah, could make it super tough on fish. That's like bleach or hydrogen peroxide, stuff like that. So that's good to know. So it was effective on gill flukes for discus. Um, so I imagine you tried other stuff and it didn't work and then the potassium permanganate did or, or something like that. Um, or maybe you just had it. Um, I'm wondering, I guess, for that specific issue, gill flukes, um, why potassium permanganate might be more effective than, say, dimelin or um, some of the other medicines we can use. But that's great to know, TM, that it worked for you. Thanks so much. Um, you don't remember the dosage, do you? Or where to look it up, perhaps? Actually, I can look it up on uh, American Aquarium products. They, I'm sure they have it listed there. Fish Tank Barn. It's a really good hot dog restaurant. Yesterdog in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I will be giving a talk on May 11th. If you want to come to Grand Rapids, Michigan, to the uh, Grand Valley Aquarium Club, I'll be talking about killifish. I would love to meet you. And the fish tank barn tells me I have to go to Yesterdog and try their hot dogs. Good. Good to know. Reels Tanks. Are you going to get any more wild prue angels? Oh, yes. Already answered that one. Yes. Uh, when they're available at the right price and the right quantity, I will get more. Another the Z. <laughs> Read my name and laugh. Yep. How did you know? <laughs> Another the Z. It's just hard. Another the Z. That's one of the hardest names to say. Yep. Sister Susie sewing socks for soldiers. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Red leather, yellow leather. You know you New York, you need New York. You know you need unique New York. Terry's Tropical Tanks. How are you stocked on peacock gobies? Um, looking for 10. It's you or the wet spot. Shipping to Northwest Indiana near Chicago would be. Um, so I have plenty of peacock gudgeons and they're doing great. Um, and let's see your shipping. 10 would be 20 bucks. I can ship 10 for 20 bucks to anywhere in the continental United States. So yeah, um, if you want them, they're at getgills.com. And let me make sure that I, hang on, that I actually have more in stock there. If not, I'll list them. Um, yeah, it says we have 12. We've got more than that. So I should be able to take care of you without any problem. And I think I've actually got like 20 or so in there. I just, I always try to hold some back just in case. I don't want to be that person that you order from and then I have to message you and be like, actually, I'm out of that. How about you buy this instead? Like the bait and switch guy. So yeah, Terry, I should be able to take care of you. Candy overhauls. Dan at dansfish.com is the email. Yep. You can email me there. I'm pretty good at getting back to you. Usually within 24 hours. Uh, be aware that there are some cycles during the week that are very busy for me with uh, shipping and incoming uh, imports and things like that. But if it doesn't fall on something like that, then I'll get back to you right away. If I haven't got back to you within 24 hours, just please understand I'm I'm probably pulling 20 hour days trying to prepare ship for uh, fish for shipping. Um, it takes me a lot of time to do that. 
I'm not one of these guys that just, you order, I grab fish, throw them in the bag and send them to you. I take a few days to prep things and make sure everything's good. Um, so during that time, it's sometimes difficult for me to respond. And when my orders come in for me to go pick up and bring in and, and land and medicate and acclimate and all that, that can take some of my time too. So I, I never try to neglect anyone. I'm pretty good at getting back to you. Most people can testify to that, but, um, but I do have to put fish as a big priority if I'm going to have healthy fish to send to you. So, yep. Um, Ken's fish. I'm waiting a little bit with super red plecos to send you. Cool. I've never had that fish yet and I would like to have them. So that sounds awesome to me. In fact, I'm about to move um, the L182s or 183s. Starry Night Plecos, that's what I call them. The Van Gogh Plecos, Starry Night, um, into this tank um, so they can grow up even bigger. So I, I, I think the Super Reds in that tank might be okay as well. Although once I put them in there, I'll probably never get them out. <laughs> like they can go behind that kind of long planter trough there and that's going to be hard to get them out. So, but yeah, that's cool, Kent. I'm looking forward to them. Bathyphila, whenever I receive fish in breather bags, inevitably moisture somehow seeps out. Yeah. Um, so, so sometimes they just straight up leak. It's a really thin material. And if you don't have the exact right temperature, when you heat seal them, uh, you can have issues with the seal. Well, you can tie them or rubber band them or whatever too. Um, but even if they don't leak, they do breathe. So there is some condensation on them. They do get a little moisture on them. Um, and that's why it's really important with breather bags to have something in the box to soak up moisture. In fact, each breather bag needs to be wrapped up in something that breathes like paper towel or um, newspaper, something like that. Because of two breather bags, touch each other, then that space where they're touching, they won't be able to exchange oxygen, right? They'll just exchange it into each other and new oxygen won't be brought in, in that, at that point. So one of the worst things you can do with breather bags is pack a box full of them and just have them touching each other because then you're just going to have a big dead mess when they arrive because no oxygen is transferred. It's all cut off by the bags around it. So individually wrap each bag before you send it a to suck up the moisture that seeps as they breathe which bathyphila is pointing out and b just so that the critters inside get the oxygen that's supposed to exchange tampa tom 199 like it well tampa tom i'm glad you like it i'm glad you're here it always makes me feel good when tampa tom is here because then i know i've beat out a motorcycle ride if I can do that, I must be doing something right. <laughs> Thanks, Tampa Tom. I appreciate it. $1.99. It all helps. Always appreciated. Never required. But thank you so much. Alrighty. Another the Z. I still think you should try to breed those amazing wild type angels. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fish I have that I would really love to breed. I, and I agree with you. I totally should. They're beautiful. They're, yeah. So what they are, they're, they're these wild Peruvian angelfish that every now and then I'm able to get in. And they really are stunning. They're hardy. They, I've never had issues with them. I don't think I've ever lost one, honestly. And um, yeah, they're great. The issue with breeding for me is just limited space. Um, every tank I take up with breeding a species, 
is a tank I can't be, um, you know, putting fish in to sell out of. So it's like that restaurant, right? You have 10 tables, you have to turn the tables or you won't make enough money during the lunch rush to, to stay in business. It's kind of the same thing with the fish store. If you're tying up tanks and projects, then you can't have fish in them to sell. And so you're unable to turn that table. I don't want to call it flipping fish because it's nothing so flippant. Um, you know, I do take the time with all the fish to acclimate them, medicate them, make sure they're healthy, like for reals, uh, not just saying that. Make sure they're eating well and accustomed and fattened up and kind of recovered from the import process before I sell them. So that's always at least two weeks, sometimes more. Um, so I'm already kind of on the edge there. Most companies will get fish in, dump them in the tank and start selling immediately. So they might be able to turn their tank every week. The fact that I don't do that, I'm already behind the economic model, if you will, because I don't even start selling the fish for two to three weeks, sometimes a month, sometimes six weeks. It just depends. I mean, it, it, it takes as long as it takes the fish to be uh, recovered and stabilize and be confident that they're going to be okay. There's sometimes I get fish in and I never sell them because I'm, they never get stable enough and recovered enough that I'm confident that the customer will be delighted with them. So I simply just don't sell them. Uh, that doesn't happen a lot, but every now and then it does. Um, so being that I'm already on the edge of being able to stay in business just by how I take care of the fish before I sell them, because I want you to be delighted when you get the fish. I, I, I have to be really careful how many tanks I take up with other projects that keep me from being able to have inventory in that tank. But I agree, they're amazing. Uh, another the Z, when I get them in, get some and try to breed them. I bet you could. Tech Turtle, what bags do you use? There's a video, Tech Turtle, it, on my channel here on YouTube that is called um, Shipping Supplies and Resources, I believe is what it's called. And uh, if one of the mods knows where it is, if you could link it up for Tech Turtle. And I actually show you the actual SKUs and model numbers, product numbers and stuff for the bags I use and for the heat sealer I use and all that stuff. So. I would check out that video. Uh, real briefly though, they're four mil bags and they're, um, oh, I've forgotten exactly how big, six inches by 14 or four inches by 12 are the two that I use the most if I'm remembering correctly. But check that video out. It has all the information in it and it has close-up shots of the model numbers and stuff and product numbers and things like that. And I tell you who the suppliers are so you can, you know, have, get it all right there. All right. I just made it to Bob Kaler's or Kaler's Aquatics. I always want to call it Bob's Aquarium Hobby. I don't know. The name's changed a few times. Kaler's Aquatics Super Chat. For those who are wondering where we are. Tampa Tom. Oh, I felt special for a second. And then Candy, you are special, Tom. That could be a compliment. It totally depends on how can on the tone of voice Candy used when she typed that. <laughs> but Tampa Tom, I'm glad you're here. Madfish Diva, are you not supposed to float breather bags? Correct. Um, anytime you block the bag from being able to exchange oxygen, 
through the membrane of the bag itself, you could have a problem. So if you float breather bags, then the fish could run out of oxygen in the bag. Um, and, and that becomes a, a bit of an issue because that means the only way, well, I guess you could, the, the standard way to do that then is to, you know, open the bag, put the fish in the water from the bag in a container and float that. Of course, once you've done that, you get reactions in the water that can start releasing more ammonia and things like that. But I guess you could take the breather bag, put it in a container without opening it and float it to come to temperature. Maybe put a little towel or paper under it just so it can exchange on the bottom side as well as the top side while it's in that plastic container I'm envisioning floating. So you could do that. Yeah, but yeah, don't submerge the breather bag for sure. And, and yeah, that would be a, that could be a real problem. Hydro Guy Aquatics, Dan's Fish, what cool fish did you order this week that you didn't receive? Oh, I already saw that. I already responded to that one. Um, 44 Mad Guy 1, well, I think I found the source of the problem, found a dead guppy after I did a water change. Don't know how I missed that. Oh, okay. Well, I hope that removing that solves the problem with you. I had something this week. There was this smell in the fish room and I could not find it. I thought that one of my cats had got in and peed in here because every now and then they like to do that. I don't know why. I mean, every now and then they, they're down here and they're just like, you know what? No one's claimed this territory yet. I better pee and claim it. So that's what I thought it was, but it wouldn't go away. I couldn't find anything. Finally, I found what it was. Um, sometimes the hatchet fish in here get real excited when I feed and they jump for the food. Like if I'm feeding fruit flies or sprinkling pellets and stuff, they'll actually jump for the food. They'll come up to the top, wait, and then jump for it. And there's that, um, there's a glass center brace in here. And the, if this is the center brace, the lid kind of goes over it a little bit. One of the port hatchet fish, I, I didn't know this, obviously, it jumped up here and then I shut the lid, I think, on it and it got squished in there. And I feel super bad about it. But this is high enough that while I'm feeding and caring for it, I don't see up there and I just couldn't figure it out. And then I have fans in here, so it's hard to like pinpoint the source of it. I finally found it yesterday. Uh, I squished a poor hatchet fish, but that mystery smell drove me nuts for a few days. That was a gross smell. So check your center braces before you shut your lids. That's the lesson I learned this week. Anyway, Matt, 44 mag guy one. I hope that, uh, I hope that that solves the problem. 72 watching. All right. All right. We'll take it. For those that are new, if you have a question or comment for me, if I'll, I'll be glad to respond. Just make it at Dan's Fish so that it populates and highlights for me so I can see it. Um, and yeah, that, that's about it. Other than that, chat among yourselves and have a good time. Happy Scrub at Dan's Fish. I have two questions. All right. What's your experience with fish TB? Ooh. And what do you think about putting raw garlic into a tank? So putting, let me start with raw garlic because that's going to be easy for me to answer. I've never thought about that, never done it, have no experience with it. So I really have nothing to say about it. Um, I mean, unless it's in food, like people will put garlic, raw garlic in, in their food mixtures and that's just fine. So if you're asking about that, that's fine. What I had in my mind when I read that question was just like a clove of garlic, just putting it in the tank. 
Never heard of that, so I don't know anything about it. Um, fish TB, I, I hope I never have that in my tanks. I don't know if I've ever had it or not. I've never had that diagnosed in my system. Um, what I do know about it is it's basically a microbacteria and it's transmittable to humans. It'll, if you have cuts or um, nicks or, you know, exposure in your skin, some sort of injury, then the bacteria can get into your system. It's called uh, fish fancier's fingers. What'll happen is you'll get these kind of spots on your fingers and hands first, and then it can go over the rest of you. Every now and then I'll read an article about it. it seems like really nasty stuff. Um, I'm not a doctor, not a vet, so this is just stuff I've read. Um, by, by no means conclusive, this is just what I think about it, my opinion about it from what I've read. Um, so it's something you have to be really careful about. And as far as I know, it's not treatable in fish. Uh, the cases I've read where people have it, they're able to treat it with antibiotics. I don't know if that means it's eradicated and totally cleared from the system, or if it's just uh, that flare-up of it is, is treated like a virus, uh, but that it could flare up again in the future. I don't know that much about it. But it's, it's really serious stuff for fish and for people. Um, we don't have any treatment of it that I know of in fish. You can manage it. You can definitely manage it. And there are fish keepers that have fish that they love that have been diagnosed with TB and that um, there's medicines that they use to manage it. And as long as there's not a lot of stress and stuff, then the fish usually doesn't have an outbreak and can, can live a life. Um, and the owners would take precautions to not get themselves infected. Um, there's a good video on YouTube from the fish vet or the fish doctor. Um, I forget which one he goes by that talks about this. So I would encourage you to uh, check that channel out and check his video out, uh, Fish TB, because he's an actual veterinarian. And so, you know, we're, um, we have this delightful lore and mythology in this hobby that people like me occasionally uh, maybe accidentally forward, like what I just told you about Fish TB. I'm not a vet, I'm not a doctor, so it could be completely wrong. Every now and then, though, you have a chance to get it from a doctor or someone that's, you know, qualified, has degrees and experience and um, is able to talk about it. And then it's like, oh, good, I can actually somewhat trust this information. I say somewhat because I come from academia. And let me tell you, doctors disagree all the time. I worked in an animal hospital. That's how I worked my way through college. Veterinarians disagree all the time, whether it's... Uh, doctors in a PhD sense or in an MD sense or in a veterinarian sense. So there's lots of opinions, but um, I like the fish doctor's channel or the fish vet's channel. I think it's the fish doctor just because he's an actual veterinarian. And I'd encourage you a happy scrub to check his video out on it because you probably trust that a little more than what I just told you. Dr. S. Experimentus. Hey, how much are the honeycomb catfish going to cost? Um, I never know what a fish is going to cost until they're actually listed for sale. So I'm sorry I can't say that. My guess, this is just a guess, it could be totally different, is $15 to $18 a piece is my guess. Um, but it totally depends. So yeah, I, I don't know. And here's why I don't know. 67 watching. Man, we went down. 
<laughs> what did I do? <laughs> was my fish TB explanation horrible? Um, Dr. S. Experimentus, what happens is it depends on some things. If, if it's a fish that I can keep for two weeks, um, I put them through the quarantine process and everything, and they're, they're fat and happy and there's no problems and I can sell them at two weeks, uh, then I don't have to mark them up as much. If it's a fish that I get and it takes me three months to get them ready to sell and I put a ton of medicine in them and time and they take a bunch of take space, then in order to stay in business, I have to mark them up a little higher. So I never know for sure until, um, until they're actually ready for sale because then I have to take into account the medicines, the time, the, all that stuff. So, um, it's not like a normal, like a hardware store where it's like, oh, I have a wrench. Great. I will mark this wrench up 50% or, you know, one time or whatever. And that's fine. The wrench will never get sick. It will never die. It'll just sit there till someone buys it. Right. The only cost is the cost of the wrench itself and the cost of the shelf space it's taking up. With fish, there's a lot of variable costs and I don't know what they'll all be until they're through the acclimation and quarantine process, and then I can accurately price them, if that makes sense. Kevin's Aquatics, in the event that you missed Trayson's question above, I did. Trayson Hammert, and thanks, Bob, for bringing that to my attention. Um, if I were to create a GetGill store, would I be able to have a URL, Trayson'sFish.com, to my store, or are you the only one that gets that meaning dancefish.com takes you to your store on Get Gills. Yeah, so if you have tracingsfish.com, then uh, the way I do it is I own dancefish.com through, I think I got it at GoDaddy. I'm not promoting GoDaddy. It's just, I think that's where I bought it. Um, so I had that as a separate store long before Get Gills was ever created. So what I did is I just made it, I went to GoDaddy and made it so that anyone that typed in dancefish.com got routed to the dance fish store on get gills. So that's how I did it. Um, so, but you can have them separate if you have, so if you have tracingsfish.com and you want it to route to your get gills store, you can make that happen. Or if you want to have tracingsfish.com as a separate store, but also sell fish on getgills.com and kind of cross list to increase your customer base, uh, you can do that too. So you can create a store on getgills.com without taking the tracingsfish.com uh, URL out of, out of play. If I hope I'm answering your question there. Tracing, if I didn't, uh, please follow up and I can be more specific. But that's my, um, those are the two scenarios I see coming out of your question. So you could have it either way. Also, I want to mention when you're creating a store and you sign up for Stripe, it will ask for your website. You can use tracingsfish.com or for anyone that doesn't have a separate website, you can use your Get Gills store URL. So mine is like getgills.com slash dancefish. If yours might be getgills.com slash tracingsfish, you can use that as the URL for your Stripe account. So you don't have to own a separate store, a separate website to get set up on Get Gills and Stripe for your automatic payments. So Trayson, let me know if you have other questions about that. 
And for those that don't know, getgills.com, it's uh, in case you're new and just popped in, if you have fish to sell or you want to buy fish, getgills.com is a great place to do that. Anyone can sell their stuff there. So hobbyists list there, small stores list there, things like that. So it's kind of a community place to buy and sell fish. Kayla's Aquatics, in the event you missed, oh, thanks. <laughs> just got to Tampa Tom Super Chat for those wondering <laughs> how far behind is he tonight? 44 mag guy one. Well, I think I found the source. Okay, the dead guppy. Okay, already got that. TM Aquatics. I bought some new plecos from Eric Bodrock. From everything I hear, a great source. He's been around forever. Has a great reputation. They'll be here Friday. He told me he shipped them in breather bags. Plecos, spiny sharp pectoral fins in one bag. Yikes, but I trust Eric. Yeah, I mean, the guy knows what he's doing, so... uh yeah, Eric's been doing this forever, and it must be that they're a certain size where they don't puncture the bag or something. I don't know, it makes me nervous too, but I trust them too. I'm curious, TM, to, to find out next week what happened. Alrighty. Bathy Phila, did you find pseudomugils to jump much? Thinking of maybe trying some for summer tubbing in a couple of weeks when the weather a bit warmer. Um, I don't know if they jump. So here's the problem I have. People ask me occasionally, does that fish jump? I keep tight lids on every aquarium, always, unless I like screw up and forget to shut it after I feed or something. But other than that, every tank I have has a tight lid on it. So I don't know if a lot of species jump or not, just because they don't have a chance <laughs> if I'm doing my job to jump. Um, that being said, I don't think that the pseudomugils have a, a reputation as jumpers that I'm aware of. If anyone in here keeps pseudomugils in tanks without tight lids and you know if they're jumpers or not, or you have experience with that, would you chime in and let Bathy Phila know? Um, I wouldn't think they are, but I can't say that for sure just because they can't jump in my tanks. All right. Tina Genovese, put pleco caves or large watering spikes in the plecos will mostly stay in those for you to just lift out the caves. Yeah, that's that's the plan in here. Yeah, if I want to catch them, I'll definitely do that. That's a good point. And hopefully they do. Hopefully they like it there better than in all the other hiding spots in that tank, right? <laughs> Still Waters Aquatics Jr., what heat packs are you using currently, if any? So I use two types. Uh, they're all Uniheat, which you can get at TSK Supply. Great place to buy uh, shipping supplies. Uh, another good place is um, Aquatic Packaging. It's aqpkg.com. So I get some liners through TSK Supply, and I get some through aqpkg.com because they have different ones that are available at TSK. So they'll do like a region A flat rate box liners at aqpkg.com. They'll also do um, region B box liners, whereas TSK does, I think, just medium and large shipping boxes. AQPKG will also do... Um, the like seven by seven by six inch kind of square priority box liners, stuff like that. 
Um, so I generally get my stuff from TSK, sometimes from AQPKG. <laughs> Aquatic packaging is what that stands for. Uh, they both sell the heat packs. I use 72 hour heat packs as, as a standard. If it's a larger box, like a medium flat rate box or a large flat rate box, then I'll often use a 72 hour and a 40 or 42 hour, whichever one that is. There's a reason I do that. Um, and real quick, before I go further into that, this time of year, I'll start putting in just the smaller heat packs. And the reason is, is I live in Wyoming where it's super cold, 62 watching. Oh man. Oh, well, that's still good. We'll keep going. But, um, it's always disheartening when you're like, we're almost at 80. And then you look down and it's like, oh, we lost like 20. What did I do? What did I do? Um, anyway, it's really cold in Wyoming, but it's hot in a lot of other parts of the nation this time of year. So I'll often put in a 40 hour heat pack so that it's warm while it's Wyoming, but it doesn't stay warm when it gets to Texas, say, so that hopefully it doesn't overheat once it gets to Texas. So it depends on the time of year. Um, if it's spring like now or kind of fall where it's cold here, but warm other places, sometimes I'll use a, a smaller heat pack. But generally when it's really, really cold, if, if, the box will fit it if it's one of the larger size boxes, 72 hour and 40 hour. And the reason is, is because the 40 hour will heat quicker than the 72 hour. And heat packs heat like this. They, it's not like they're one temperature the whole time. They start here and they kind of go up here and then they reach a peak heat and then they gradually go down again. Let me get that all on screen, Woo, like a bell curve, right? Um, and so the 40 hour heat pack will peak say right here and the 72 hour heat pack won't peak until here. So if this 40 hour heat pack peaks in 24 hours and the 72 hour heat pack doesn't heat until, I don't know, 36 hours or something like that, you get a more level heating of the tank by using, or the box by using two separate size heat packs. So that's why I do that. So it's, almost always a 72 hour and sometimes a 40 or 42 hour, whichever 48 hour, anyway, that, that 40 hour size-ish uh, in each one. And it's uni heat just because that's what's usually available. What I would love to find and never have is a heat pack that's 72 hours and 40 hours um, that is adhesive on one side because then I could just stick them to a paper plate or something and put them on top of the box and not have to wrap them with newspaper and tape them up there super carefully and stuff. Um, I taped them a little bit so that they didn't fall down, but I could secure them easier, but I can't find that. I, I know some have adhesive sides on them, but they tend to just be like 12 hour, 24 hour heat packs. So, um, yeah, that's the heat packs I'm using Stillwater Aquatics and I, I am using them now. I'll stop using them when my nighttime temperatures, uh, get to like the mid sixties and don't drop below that. Priscilla MK art. What are your thoughts about the angelfish virus? Um, never had it. I wonder if that isn't just TB. I, I honestly don't know that much about it. It's not something I've ever had to fight. So I don't have uh, Priscilla any, any thoughts about that, but I do wonder if we dug into that, if we wouldn't find that that's also microbacterium or fish TB. Um, often, different fish will have the same pathogen 
and we'll call it something like, oh, that's neon disease. Whereas maybe that's neon disease and neon tetras, but something else in another species. So, um, yeah, not quite sure, Priscilla. I've never battled that one, so I've never gone deep into the rabbit hole on that. I hope that I hope you don't have any experience with it. That sounds like something nasty. I do know that there are times when angelfish and discus will get some kind of angelfish virus and discus virus, and there'll be um, places will have big losses, and it appears that there's some kind of epidemic. Um, I know that that happens. However. That is fairly anecdotal, a lot of it, and we don't often have the tools in the hobby or the industry even to know for sure what's going on and what it is. So, I mean, I mean, something happens and we call it something, but is it actually that? I'm not sure we always know. Kayla's Aquatics, Priscilla MK Art, what's your thoughts about the angelfish? Oh, got it. Thanks, Bob, for bringing that to my attention. Although I did seed it. By the way, Priscilla, I really enjoyed the uh, fish room tour that Jeff Rose did with you. It was cool to see your fish room again. And the store you work at too. That was cool. Chewy LTD. I have heard that some of the cases of TB and other diseases are capable of being airborne. I know of this with a few certain discussions I've had with a few breeders. Um, could be. I don't, I don't know anything about TB being airborne. Fish tube. You can also get fish TB from sucking on a side. Oh yeah, hose and accidentally getting water in your mouth. Guys, I, I know lots of you do this and I don't say this to offend anyone, but please never suck on your siphon hose. <laughs> don't do that. Take it over to a sink or the tub or something and just fill it with water, cap it off, and you can do it without ever having to suck on it or anything. Or submerge it in water, cap the ends, take it over to the tank and you have a siphon going. Yeah, sucking on uh, the siphon hose, you'll get away with it a thousand times, but on time 1001, you, you could have a problem. Um, I mean, think about what you're putting in your, your mouth. Uh, yeah, anyway, I hope that doesn't offend anyone. That's not my uh, intention. And for years I did it too. And then I learned about fish TB and other stuff. And I was like, oh man, I'm disgusting. And I stopped. Dr. Experimentus. Ah, okay. Thanks for the answer. You got it, Dr. S. Experimentus. 44 Mad Guy 1. The turquoise guppies, are they two females or two males? Um, I'm not sure I understand the question, Magfish Guy. The turquoise guppies, are they two females or two males? Um, if you're asking about the pairs of turquoise guppies that I have for sale at getgills.com, they're one male, one female. So... Um, if I list something as a pair, that means one of each sex. If I list something as a trio, that means one male, two females. If I list something as a reverse trio, that means two females, one, I'm sorry, two males, one female. So I'm not sure I quite understand the question, but if you're asking about the pairs I have for sale, it's one of each sex. Madfish Diva, where do you buy your bags? Um, I buy them at uline.com. You can also get them at like global, global industrial supply. You can get them at aqpkg.com. I think you can probably get them um, lots of places. But I do Uline because I can get four milliliter, milliliter, four mil bags um, there and they're fairly cheap. I do have to say though, 
that sometimes I'll run into a batch where I have to reseal the bottoms of all of them because it doesn't happen all the time, but every now and then a batch comes in and the, the sealer was too hot or something and it didn't seal quite right and it wasn't caught. And so then I have to deal with it. So just be aware there's sometimes a little work with it. Um, I buy them by the thousand at Uline. That being said, if you view my video shipping supplies and resources on, on the Dance Fish YouTube channel, it, it'll give you the product numbers and everything, as well as Uline and, and all the other sources for my stuff. Bathy Phila, Dance Fish or anyone else with summer tubbing experience following on from Jumping Fish? Cool. Has anyone tried putting mesh fabric over the tops of their tubs? Yeah, I've seen it done. Um, it works. You just have to find a way to uh, keep it from sagging into the water. So you might have to build a PVC pipe frame or something like that and zip tie it to it. You might have to find a way to kind of clip it to something so that it, it works. So that's the issue is that it's, it's going to want to eventually water will evaporate onto it and stick to it and weight it down and it will want to sag into the water. So you got to find a way to keep it up high. <laughs> Kaylee's Aquatics, a $20 super chat. Thanks again, Bob, for no more professor fund and or the fish bar. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Bob, always glad to have you around. Thanks so much for the super chat. So anyone else, how have you rigged up your uh, mesh tops for your summer tubs for Bathyphila? Hey, there's 54 Punchy. Hey again. And hey again, Candy. Cheshire cat. Can live bear fry inherit parasites or infections from the mother, like with cats and dogs? Do you know if Paragard or General Cure is safe in a tank with fry for future reference? So um, I don't know anything about your first question uh, with fry inheriting parasites or infections. The issue with live bears are the female gives birth and they're in the same water as the female. So there is a little bit of exposure there to whatever the female has. It's not like fish eggs where you remove them from the parents and you can bathe them with hydrogen peroxide or, or other things to pretty much disinfect them so that when they hatch, it's very unlikely that they had come in contact with something if the parents have it. This is the way that uh, rainbow fish breeders can get around fish TB and stuff like that. So if, if there's a rainbow fish and it has TB, you can collect the eggs, you can sterilize the eggs and raise them away from the parents. And then you'll have a generation that doesn't have TB. And that's kind of the only way that I'm aware of to really get rid of TB in a strain of angelfish. Um, and it's tricky. You have to disinfect the eggs to the point that they're okay, but the TB is dead and you didn't put so much disinfectant in that you killed both the uh, TB and the fish egg, right? So, um, but as far as live bears, since they share the water with at least their mother for at least a little while, because they give birth and they're in the same body of water as she is for a bit until you remove them or her, um, my suspicion would be that's probably the way things are transferred. I don't know of any parasite that um, is actually transferred from parents to the offspring kind of in utero, if you will, if we're talking about live bears. I mean, I know they don't have a uterus, but just just for the sake of ease of understanding. 
but Cheshire Cat, I could be, I could be totally wrong. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not someone that is geeked out on live bears as much as a lot of other people. So I, I guess it's totally possible that a disease could be transferred kind of in utero to the offspring. Um, now, as far as Paragard and general cure safe in fry tanks, as far as I know, yes, I've used it in fry tanks. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, it, it's probably okay. That being said, I don't use it often. The only reason I've used it with fry is if um, I've noticed, oh shoot, those parents have something and there's fry in the tank and I treat the tank and the fry don't die, right? I've never purposely used it for fry because when fry are that teeny, teeny, tiny, you usually don't notice if they have a, a disease until it's like, they're already dead by the time you notice something's wrong, really, because they're so small. So that's, that's my thoughts on that. I think that they're safe with fry, but I haven't used it with a lot of species and it's never on purpose. It's always been accidental. I, I, I would think, I guess what I would say Cheshire Cat is I would think that it'd be very unlikely that, um, that you'd have to treat fry so that they don't get something that the parents have. Like the fryer, hopefully a fresh start almost. 44 Mad Guy 1. Okay, thanks. That is what I was wondering about. I have two guppy males and didn't want to have more males than females. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Mad Guy, if, if you're like, oh, I already have two males and you want to order something from me, you can ask. You can be like, hey, could I get two females instead of a pair? And if I have the right sex ratio that I can make that happen, then I'll do it for you without any problem. So you can always ask for the ratio you're looking for. I can't always do it, but I'm happy to do it when I can. BDK 1320, I'm looking for ideas on fish I can breed and raise without live food. Okay. Prefer egg layers. I already have guppies. I've used BBS in the past to raise angels, but I'm too lazy to do it again. So my best suggestion for you, if you want to raise egg layers without live food, is first just understand you're not going to get as high a survival rate as you would otherwise. So if you're okay with that and you're like, I just want to raise some fry and, and not go through all this, um, my best suggestion would be to get some of the really parental cichlids because they'll often take flake food and stuff and kind of Chew it up for the babies, almost. So that's what I would say. Um, I've seen people raise large colonies of shell dwellers, uh, multifasciatus at least, that um, in only feed flakes and pellets and things like that. They don't feed any specific live food for those babies. I've seen other species of cichlids that do that too. I'm thinking specifically of convicts, um, thinking of some cribensis, um, Several species. Again, you might not have as high a survival rate or as big a batch of fry at the end, but yes, it can be done with some. There are lots of cases as well, if the aquarium's really well established, lots of plants and all that stuff, where fry just appear and some of them grow up. White clouds, all kinds of tetras, all kinds of stuff can do that. Just because there's already a bunch of stuff growing on the plants and little organisms in the water column and all that from having a kind of natural 
you know, really bioactive, I guess, setup. So that can be done as well. If you just want to see some fry grow up every now and then, you can just have a really well-planted tank, well-established and mature, just keep the parents well-fed, and a few of those fry will survive. So that, that happens a lot with rainbow fish. That can happen with uh, killifish a lot, um, rice fish, but it can also happen with tetras and, and all kinds of egg layers, honestly. So if a high yield is not important, maybe, maybe try one of those. Bathyphila, thinking of stretching the mesh over the top and tying a cord around the, hub, around the tub to hold it tight. Um, if you don't have space between, a lot of space between that and the water, it will eventually probably sag though. It'll eventually kind of stretch. The sun will, you know, damage it so it's not as taut. Water will get on it and weigh it down and stuff. So if you're going to do that, that's probably fine. You might need to keep your water level down a bit though, so that when it sags, it doesn't, it doesn't get on the water. I, I think, I think ideally you're going to need something across the center, kind of keeping it up in from from dipping down though if it's a tub of any size it'll eventually dip down in the middle is is my suspicion 44 mad guy one okay thanks very much well you're welcome ulysses hernandez hello well welcome good to see you again glad you made it thanks for joining us all right we have been going for about an hour and a half and we've reached the bottom of the chat and we're down to 54 watching Oh, how the mighty have fallen. So this is where I say I'm about to wrap it up. Um, if you have a question or comment you want me to get to before I do wrap it up, please leave it now or forever hold your peace. Yeah, it's obviously water. <laughs> All right. Um, Candy, it was great to see you. Kaler. Glad you're here. It's good to see you back, 54 Punchy. Jeff, the lumpy dog. Thanks for being here, my mods. I appreciate you guys so, so much. Um, thanks for anyone who's super chatted. Really, really appreciate it. Just one last shout out to uh, Amber and Pam, 54 Punchy and Amp Aquatics. Both have got unexpected and increased medical bills that they could use help on. So please do check out their uh, GoFundMes and such. And if you can help, please do. And if you can't donate, please help spread the word. Let's help our people out. Um, everyone that helped other people in the chat, thank you so much. All you lurkers, I'm with you. I feel you. Two quick things that popped up, or a few quick things, and then we'll shut it down. Cheshire Cat, okay, thanks. Mostly just curious. I guess I bought a pregnant platy because I have three fry. <laughs> if she was old enough to breed and there's a male around, you bought a pregnant platy. Just found the third last night. They're surviving with the adults so far. Cool. Candy, hopefully see you soon when you come to Billings. Yes, I hope so. I hope so too. I miss our chats. Madfish Diva, thanks, a dance fish. I always learn so much in your stream. Well, thanks for being here. I wouldn't have a stream without you, so appreciate you too. Dance Slee, thanks for the stream. Have a great night. All right, you too. Good night, everyone, says Carbon Really. And good night. I'm out. I'll see you next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.